we put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. All right, hey Mitchell, thank you for joining us on the uh, Fly Racing Swap Moto Podcast. What's been going on? You've been down in Dallas for the last probably nine months. Really, you got moved back to Texas just after the San Diego Supercross and have been at base camp down there. So what's life like back at home? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been It's been fun. You know, it's a little bit of an adjustment. I've been in California the last five years, so um, everything was just so convenient out there. And I guess I kind of underestimated it being um, being out there for so long, moving back to Texas. Uh, tracks are a little bit more spread out here to, to go riding and stuff. And uh, I think like the biggest the biggest thing that kind of caught me off guard was the weather. Um, I don't think I ever checked the weather in California because it was going to be 75 and sunny every day. Um, so moving back, just having to plan my riding around the, the rain and the weather and the cold days and stuff like that's been a bit of a challenge, but, uh, really stoked to be back in Texas, back close to my family. Uh, we got a place just outside of Fort Worth, so super close to everything. And, and man, I'm just loving where I'm at in life right now. So where all can you ride down there around the Dallas area? Because this is going to be a hot topic once those three supercross races come to your area. Yeah, so Supercross has been a bit of a struggle um, to find Supercross tracks. We don't really have public Supercross tracks here. Um, there's uh, there's one that I know of. It's uh, called Texplex. I think Scott Champion dad has something to do with it. Um, but that's about 45 minutes from my house, just the south side of Fort Worth. Um, it's a pretty decent track, uh, but actually – uh, I got a group of us together. There's pro- there's five of us that went in, and uh, we ended up building a Supercross track uh, just across the Oklahoma border um, by the Windstar Casino. Um, a guy by Alex Milliken, he used to race, um, I think, around, like, 2010-ish. Um, he's got property up there with equipment, water truck, you know, dozer, skid steer, tractors, all that. So I got a bunch of us together. I got five of us together to go in on a Supercross track, and we had Randy Poulter build it, and basically have all the equipment we need and it's been really amazing uh phenomenal type conditions we can kind of do what we want with the track um some days we do this rhythm other days we do opposite rhythms we we really got a good system going on there so um that's not open to the public that's kind of just our personal track we're kind of keeping keeping ourselves and low-key but uh as far as that goes the supercross scene in texas has been kind of on the on the decline COVID, with COVID and all that, there was a bunch of tracks. Uh, we probably had four tracks going uh, before COVID hit. And then as, after COVID hit, like getting ready for Salt Lake and stuff, um, none of the guys really wanted to get the tracks ready for only three people to show up. And then, you know, we're only there for two weeks. So um, we got a nice system going on in Oklahoma. So it's uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, sick uh, setup we have. And yeah, just... Uh, trying to get going and riding as much as we can. Okay, you being a guy like me that, you know, went to California, did the whole thing, and now you're back at home, how nice is the change of pace because now you have some kind of, like, best of both worlds set up? You know how it goes out there, but now you're accountable and doing your work where you're comfortable. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's brought a lot more uh, 
I'd say joy into riding. I really uh, enjoy riding a lot more. And I'm just excited to go ride my dirt bike. You know, I mean, the tracks in California are, are fun. Don't get me wrong, they're a blast. But just uh, it's not home. And I think that that's kind of something I was missing there the last couple of years. I just uh, just doing the same thing every day, going to the same tracks every every week. And it's just kind of a nice change of pace. And, and us having the, the freedom to kind of do what we want with our super with our own supercross track um it's just it's just super awesome um the one thing that i do miss about california is how close everything was you know test tracks were about 25 minutes from my house and there's a couple other tracks that were within a half hour at the most an hour away so uh it's a bit of a drive for me to get up there it's about an hour and a half uh each way every day so um that kind of sucks but uh yeah other than that like i can't complain we got a we got a pretty badass set, set up here it helps that gas is like a dollar seventy nine a gallon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually today uh was the most I've paid for gas since I've been home and it was a dollar ninety seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean when I when I got to Texas and I don't know what happened, but like as soon as COVID hit, gas went down, we were at a dollar nine. So I was filling my truck up for like thirty bucks. Yeah. It was funny because I would drive, like when I drive over to Oklahoma, we're just around the country this year. Illinois has a higher gas tax and everything than Missouri and Indiana does. So like we're above $2 and we just feel like we're just getting price gouged because 10 minutes away, it's way cheaper. Um, yeah, you, you got to go home just as everything was kind of starting to kick off the craziness a bit. Uh, but then you even had your own issues on top of that with the knee injury that you got just before San Diego. So can you take us back to that time frame about, you know, late February, early March where things just went sideways? Yeah, it was uh it was a bit of a mess there for a second. Um it was I think the Thursday before San Diego just tipped over in a corner and stuck my leg out wrong, ended up blowing my knee out. Um but the whole plan was the Monday after San Diego was to basically drive all of our crap to texas and we're we're getting out of california just uh moving back home and, and getting excited so moving my knee out on thursday uh, my parents flew in were actually i think they flew in the next day because they were going to watch the race and then they're going to help me drive uh the moving truck and and our our vehicles back but had to kind of uh hobble around on a blown out knee for a couple of days getting loaded up so that was that was a lot of fun and then uh yeah started to drive home got home and uh, at the time it was, I only had a partially torn ACL and a torn MCL. So, or meniscus, sorry. Um, so the kind of, I talked to my doctor and basically we got, he told me that I could give her hell and try and finish up the year and we could always fix it at the end of at the season. So, um, that was the plan. I got home, we got, got all moved in, settled in, and I started therapy and trying to get everything around my knee built up to where. Um, I could get through the rest of the seasons. Uh, was feeling really good, and then got the call that basically COVID hit, series was done, all that stuff. So, kind of took a step back from my dirt bike, still focused on getting my knee stronger because I was kind of to the point where I was like, man, I don't really think I need surgery. My my knee's feeling really good, strong, it's stable. Um, and like I said at the time, it was partially torn. So, um wasn't really thinking about surgery and then we got the the call that salt lake was going to happen so i started getting ready for that and i think 
less than a week before I left for Salt Lake City, I just tipped over in a turn and and stuck my leg out wrong again, and my knee blew up like a balloon. So uh, a lot of confidence went out the window about a week before Salt Lake City, just not not so much in my ability or my riding, just in my knee. Uh, I knew that if I tipped over on it in Salt Lake City, that that was the end of the trip for me because I don't think I could get my knee brace on if I uh, if I ended up falling on it. So I uh, just kind of got through Salt Lake City. I wasn't stoked with any of it. It was a rough trip for me just personally. Um, having some, uh, I think the day before the second, our second race, I had to put my dog down. So that was um the the hardest thing i've had to go through in a while so um but yeah just you know how it is it's it's life it's it's just uh kicks you when you're down sometimes and anyways uh finished out salt lake got my knee fixed um after surgery found out that my acl was completely gone my mcl was completely gone and my meniscus was completely gone so the knee was way worse than i had originally thought um or any of us thought so yeah, I just started rehabbing in the summer and riding my bicycle a bunch and just kind of enjoying being uh, a young adult and, uh, you know, went out with some friends and, and hung out and have not really into that scene, but got to kind of relax a little bit and have some cool parties and just kind of, kind of chill and, and enjoy uh, just hanging out with some, some friends. Okay. Sorry to dredge up bad memories, Freckle. I did not. I had forgotten about some of that stuff. My bad, buddy. No, you're good. Okay, so then, uh, did you go through surgery? Uh, yep, I did surgery. I got surgery a week after Salt Lake. Okay. Um, and then, like you said, saying yeah. Okay, yeah, the guy you always go to. Um, okay, so then, like you said, kind of enjoying the summer back home in Texas. Did you ever have your first sip of alcohol, or are you still waiting? Oh yeah, no, no. I I had a couple drinks this summer. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get crazy. I'm, I'm not not much of a drinker i think anyone who knows me knows that so i have like one or two and then i kind of start you know start feeling it i'm like all right we need to be done so <laughs> i just like to i like to be in control so i don't know how people get to that point where they just don't remember stuff i, I don't like that feeling at all yeah i feel you i feel you okay so going into the summer um it was always just to be a supercross only deal with Penrite honda so it wasn't like you were worried that, oh, my God, somebody's going to be out there and taking my ride or whatever. You just had to get healthy and wonder what was going to happen to come back. Uh, the intent was always to come back with your Reeves team for 2021, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was just kind of assuming that your was going to come back next year or this, I guess, this year now. So um, that was kind of the plan the whole time. I, I had talked to your a bunch, um, obviously, throughout the summer and, and after surgery. I still, uh, my contract was still to do the Australian Supercross series. So I got surgery the end of June and my whole goal was to be on the bike about a month before that started. So, uh, and beginning to mid September. So that was kind of my whole motivation this whole summer, as far as rehab and, and cycling and all that went. I just, uh, I knew I had to be ready for that series. Um, assuming that was going to happen in October. So, um, yeah, unfortunately that didn't happen, but then it looked like their outdoor series was going to start in late October. So I was, you know, mentally trying to get ready for that just in case. I just, I just wanted to get back behind the gate and, and fulfill my contract with Uri. So, um, yeah, unfortunately none of that happened, but, 
yeah, we're here and getting ready for the season opener in Houston and back with Uribe and the Honda team, so it's, it's exciting. What's up? This is Justin Barsha of the Monster Energy Yamaha team, and I trust the Rai Helmet. I know that every helmet is handcrafted in Japan and that the people who work at Arai are obsessed with building the best helmet they can possibly can. Staying safe is a priority for me, and this is why I choose Arai Helmets. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer, and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So. Head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Who does Ken Roxon, Chase Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geyser turn to for power? Yoshimura, since 1954. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice, for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on the bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaTshirtPrinters.com. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. 
Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodco.com. So going into, we'll go into part two now. All right, so now that we get ready for next year, when did boot camp and all of the preparation for 2021 start, and you knew that you were coming back with your Reeves team? Um... I would say it all started about mid-November. Uh, everything was still kind of up in the air with with Reeves' team. He was trying to get sponsors and, and get everything lined up for next year, and just he couldn't uh, really commit um, to me at, at the time. So we were getting kind of late into the year, and I just told him, like, Yo, you know, if or he told me, actually, that, you know, no matter what, we're going racing. I just don't know, you know, what the details are going to be. And, um just kind of getting antsy there and I just told him you know what like I'll drive out to California I'll pick my bike up and uh and I just need to get going because if I'm not ready then it's it's kind of pointless so we got we got going and um kind of just had a bike in Texas and just been plugging away since mid-November uh trying to stay quiet just do my job and and focus on myself I think uh there's a lot of distractions and I think being out of California I'm, I'm really noticing that uh that I can kind of just focus on me and, and not worry about, you know, who's at the track and, and who's going fast or who's doing what. So, um, I'm not, a, I'm not a social media guy, so I got rid of Instagram again and, and we're just focusing on what we can control and yeah, just been plugging away. A lot of stuff stays the same. You're back with Nathan Alexander as mechanic, still pretty much the same basic Honda CR 250R. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, is all good things. So how was it to come back into the second year program, just knowing, Hey, we have everything knocked out and taken care of. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Um, actually we kind of just took my race bike from last year and turned it into my practice bike this year. Um, and then we'll get some fresher race bike. Um, I had a brand new race bike for the last three Salt Lake rounds. So it really only had about three, four hours on it. So, um, just been like I said, we turned the race bike into the practice bike, and yeah, just been plugging away. Nate's been awesome. He's a uh, he's a really cool dude to work with, and I, I've I've really enjoyed our friendship that we've created over the last year. Really, um, I didn't know him that well until I went to Australia last year. So uh, I call him every day, talk to him every day, just kind of about anything in life. It, it doesn't matter. So I think I talked to him all summer long, every day. You know, not really riding, not really anything going on, but but we still uh, enjoy each other and being around each other. So um, stoked to have him in my corner. He's a really good dude, and, and he he would do anything for me. So I, I really appreciate him. All right. It, Nate's a great dude. And I know it's he's been balancing a lot of stuff this year, too. Um, within the team dynamic, he's not there with you like he has been in the past to be, you know, hands-on practice bike guy. So how has that changed a bit? Um, it's a bit tough for me. Uh, I know it's kind of tough for him. Too. He's, he's kind of control or I wouldn't say controlling, but kind of in charge of all the logistics as far as, uh, the stuff in the States here, obviously you leave our team owners in Australia still. So Nate kind of takes care of as much as he can for him, um, while we're here in the States. But yeah, I'm in Texas, uh, by myself, he's out in California handling all that stuff. So I've, I've had to turn into a little rider mechanic. Uh, and I really enjoy it. You know, I've, I always did all my own bike work growing up and as a privateer and stuff like that, and kind of got away from it when I was living in California and on, on the, the teams I was on. So, um, I enjoy it most of the time. Obviously there's, there's times where it's like, 
there's things I don't like to do, like any anybody or any mechanic doesn't like to do. But um, I really enjoy taking pride in it, making my bike look good, and, and really cleaning it and scrubbing it, and and yeah, just uh, you know, being proud of proud of the work I put into it. You know, I, I know my team and and my sponsors uh, put a lot of invest a lot of time and money into into my program and my dirt bike, so I try to just repay them by by keeping it looking good and, and keeping it up up to par and you know not a not a death trap so um it's been fun i, I wish i had a, a mate here to, to kind of do it for me but i can't complain it's it's something that i enjoy most days do you uh do you enjoy doing like the routines and everything does he have you on a scheduled program of like hey be checking this at this time or is it just kind of common sense stuff now um, yeah, for the most part, uh, obviously try to only put a certain amount of time on them and, and that's kind of hard to, to, uh, I guess, um, guess when, when things could go bad. Uh, I don't really know how to tear apart an engine, um, but I can take it in and out of the bike and, and stuff like that. And, you know, chains, rockets, that kind of stuff is kind of just, um, stuff I've learned in the past and over the years of like when it goes bad and stuff like that. But, um. For the most part, everything's pretty pretty simple, um, straightforward. I know Nate was a little bit worried about sending me to Texas by myself to work on my own bike, but uh, I think I've I've done a really good job, and and uh, yeah, I just enjoy doing it. So I kind of proved to him that I know what I'm doing, and and he he can kind of relax a little bit. So I think uh, I think we're doing a good job, and we got a good program going. Just gotta just gotta make it happen on on Saturday and Tuesday nights. So then will you be going out to California for any kind of big ramp up or will they actually come to you because the first race is in Houston? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that yet. Uh, obviously I have to break my race bike in, so I don't know. I haven't, I haven't discussed it too much with them. Um, we haven't gotten our race bikes yet. Um, but it sounds like we have kind of everything just sitting there. So when the race bikes do get here, just throw everything on, throw the new motor in and, and we're ready to rip. So, uh, I kind of have a plan to go out to California after the first of the year for a couple days, uh, do some testing, break the race bike in, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that could change. So I'm just ready to go, just kind of focusing on myself, doing my, my thing and, and making sure my job's taken care of so they can, they can do their job and, and we'll just uh, keep uh, keep pushing. And yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh I would think that I would probably go out there just with the first round being in Houston. I'm still probably four or five hours from Houston, so it's a bit of a drive for us. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm probably going to be going to California after the first of the year. Okay. So, yeah, full-time 250 West Coast guy. There will be two 250 riders. The other guy that's going to be announced later this week is on the East Coast. And then you guys have Justin Brayton coming in as the 450 program. You and JB spent some time together down in Australia last year. Not as much as people would assume because JB ran his own program a little further away. But how is that going to be? And have you guys already started talking about like the veteran dynamic? You're a veteran in the 250 class. Are you excited to work with somebody like Brayton and have him around more? Yeah, for sure. He's a, I mean, he's a bad dude. He, he won Daytona. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. So it's always good to have extra eyes out there, extra eyes working and obviously he's going to have his own thing going on race day, but, um, you know, just sharing lines, sharing uh, opinions on the track and stuff like that's going to be really good. And 
um, stoked to be around him. I had a really good time with him in Australia and, and, uh, you know, my son's, my son's getting older. He's got two little kids running around, so it should be fun. I really enjoyed spending time with those, with Paige and the kids and, and, uh, yeah, I'm just looking to have some fun this year. I, I'm doing everything I can and, and I know everyone on the team is doing everything they can. So I'm just trying to enjoy it and do the best we can and be happy with, uh, the way things go at the end of the night. You're a guy that's been around for a while, like we've talked about countless times. You've done it in pretty much every iteration from privateer to factory back team, all that stuff. How does this year feel going into it? Like how does it how different does it feel compared to years past? Uh it's uh I guess unknown territory. Um kinda a little bit back to my privateer days, but um I know what I'm doing now as far as training and being ready and being prepared and and testing and suspension setup and that kind of stuff. So it's it's unknown territory, but it's really exciting for me. Um, I've been wanting to be back in Texas for the last few years, so um, just kind of having the freedom and and the ability to do what I think is best for me has been really really fun for me. Um, you know, obviously I've worked with some great trainers and and uh, I had some really good success with them, and I loved working with them. But at the end of the day, there was a group of us working together, so it almost felt like it was what was best for the group. Um, where I feel like I can really focus on, on myself and, and my dad's been coming to the track with me lately. So that's been really fun too, because, you know, it's my dad. So I, I know he's not going to, he's not going to beat around the bush. He's going to tell me where I suck and how bad I suck, fix it. And we're going to keep moving forward. So it's, uh, it's been really fun working with my dad again. Um, and just having him at the track and his eyes on me and, and, He's been kind of away from that for the last five years. Um, so obviously there's, there's some things that you kind of just roll your eyes at, like, dad, like, come on. But I was, I'm, I'm a big believer in I'll try anything once. Um, whether it's good, bad, or, or, or absolutely terrible. Um, I'll, I'll at least give it a shot. And, and I think that's why we work together so well is, is he comes up with some with, he comes up with some off the wall type things to try on the track and, and I'll do it and I'll be like, wow, that, that actually was really good. So, um, yeah, we've been working hard and, uh, just really excited to get it going. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I wouldn't say I'm ready to go racing this weekend, but, uh, really happy with the progress we're making and, and I'll definitely be ready to go, uh, January 16th. Cool. So yeah, one month, the, the clock is, you know, counting down right now. Oh yeah. Is it, but you've been in this position so many times before. Is it is it different now because you're not as stressed, or is it a different kind of stress? Um, I'd say it's a little bit different kind of stress right now. Um, just for the simple fact, like like I said earlier, like I'm not used to looking at the weather, so that's been kind of hard to navigate. Like uh, I take about a week and a half off. So uh, well, I guess I rode last Thursday was the first time I rode in like. Oh, I had to take a whole week and a half off because we just had bad weather and the track just wasn't drying out. So, um, it's, it's stressful at the time because I'm doing, you know, everything I can off the bike, but then at the end, like that takes, you know, three hours of my day. And then I'm just kind of sitting here watching it rain or watching it be, you know, 30 degrees outside. So it's kind of stressful at the time. And then I get back on the bike and, and it's like, I never missed a beat and I'm ready to go. So, uh, it kind of goes, comes and goes in waves and, um, yeah, man, I just, I, I, 
don't really know. It's it's hard to say because I'm not around everybody in California, so I don't know how good I actually am riding or, or how ready I am. Um, but I know at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing everything I can, and you know if that's not good enough, then it's not good enough. We'll get back to work. So, um, yeah, it's it's just kind of unknown, the unknown right now, but. It's it'll it'll come out and it'll work out. It, I've always said it, it always works out. So uh, we'll just do the best we can. All right. How uh, how gnarly are those thirty degree motos? Like, will you even go out there when the dude? Because they're those are brutal. I grew up like riding on that, yeah. and it's not fun. Yeah. No, no, it's not fun. I, I'm. It's it sucks, but I guess like the worst part is just your fingers get so cold and your hands get so cold. Uh, everything else, like I can kind of bundle up and. Like, I, I had my brother, he does, like, kind of t-shirts, hats, graphics, that kind of stuff. So, he made me up a couple, uh, like, vests, and those have been amazing to ride in in the cold. You know, because your, your arms are free, you don't feel all bulky, you don't even really feel like you have a vest on or anything on, but it keeps you so warm. So, it's it's not fun, it, it really does suck, and I don't enjoy riding in it, but, you know, you got to pay to play. So, uh, let me make it happen, and and try to get in and get out as, as soon as possible back to the heater. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Is it like the Dakar style off-road vest? Like the real the real thin one? Yeah, so I have, uh, I have a puffy one, and then I have like a, I don't know, it's like a windbreaker type one, but it's thicker. I don't know, it's super nice, though. I, I love those things. Now I'm a big vest guy now, so <laughs> you'll probably be seeing me wearing them at every race. All right, sick. All right, buddy. Well, hey, I've had you for a while. Uh, you got a kid. You have a wife. You have a big program to get done. We're in this last part of the year. Excited to see you at Houston 1. Um, any other big stuff going on? I know that the team announcement will come out later this week, so we'll shy away from that. But any other stuff people should watch for? Or is it just, hey, get ready to cheer Freckle on in 2021? Nah, man. I'm just, uh, just get ready to cheer me on. I'm going to some help. And obviously, I'm really excited to be racing here in Texas. Uh, obviously, two rounds in Houston, and then hoping to line up for the 450 class in Dallas. So, um, really excited. I'm I, I'm going to do some East Coast rounds or West Coast, I guess. I don't even know what coast it is, but the opposite coast uh, that I raced the 250 on, I'm going to race some 450 rounds. So, it's going to be exciting. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, really appreciate you having me, and excited to see you soon. I've completely had forgotten about the 450 thing because I don't think of you as a 450 guy. So if, before we wrap this up, we got to talk about that. How did that program come together for this year? Um, I guess it's still in the works. <laughs> uh, I kind of just in negotiating with Yuri, but you know we didn't really know what we were gonna do. So I kind of I threw it at him like you know if, let's kind of get everything we can together and and see what happens. But I'd like to race the 450 on the opposite coast, you know. Um, get some experience with it. I, I really enjoy riding the 450. I had really good success in it as a privateer outdoors. So um, I kind of just want to see where I'm at, man. I want to try and race, you know, every weekend or every every race there is. Uh, I feel like I've missed a ton of racing the last three, four years. So um, trying to get into the rhythm of racing and, and just the uh, the yeah, like the, just the racing every weekend and and just kind of building. From there, I don't really want to take much time off. I want to be on the, the racetrack as much as possible because I, I, I practice just as much as anybody, but I always miss races because 
of injuries and stuff. So I uh, just want to try and race as much as I can and, and get some get some decent uh, experience in the 450 class and, and just see what happens. You know, it's a it's a stacked class, and I'm not expecting to go in there and and uh, do anything crazy. But I got some some goals that I want to meet and uh, just kind of get some experience in it. Yeah, we've been talking to A-Ray on the Kickstart podcast, and when it got mentioned that you were going to do the 450 class, there was like, oh my god, another fast guy to make it even more more stacked. So yeah, you know that this is going to be a, a pretty big year for the 450 class, but good for you too to come in and get it, just test test your feet a little bit instead of jumping all the way in. Yeah, for sure, and I think just, just staying racing, you know, we have a we have a really big break uh, after that first Orlando. I think we have like two months off till we race in Salt Lake again. So um, I don't want to be sitting on the couch and practicing every day to go race two more rounds. You know, I want to try and get as much racing in as I can. So um, I haven't really talked to to Yuriv about it much yet. So uh, I'll probably do my kind of rough plan would be to, to race, obviously, the first Orlando on the 250 and then probably skip second Orlando and Daytona and then come back on the 450 for Dallas since it's literally 20 minutes from my house. So it's kind of a, a no brainer for me to race Dallas. It's, it's something that's, I can sleep in my own bed and, and, you know, finish up with the main event and be in bed 30 minutes later. So, um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I, I don't really have any expectations. Just want to go, get some experience, make some main events and, and run those 20 plus one main events and really um, work on things that I need to fix and, and try to be better every weekend. Cool. Well, hey, Mitchell, thanks for uh, jumping on the Fly Racing Swap Model podcast with me. It was good to talk to you as always. Excited to see you at Houston One, bud. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No worries, dude. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.